Hi everyone, I want to take a minute and thank all of you that have been on this journey with me since July 9th, 2020, when the Weathered Athlete Podcast published its first promo episode. On July 19th, Walt Maxwell entered the podcast as the first guest. To date, I've published 23 episodes with 22 guides, two live stream events, and this past weekend, the Weathered Athlete Podcast took its show on the road. I was fortunate to spend the weekend with Corey Compton, my guide for mile number 23, and Walt Maxwell as they completed the David Goggins 4x4x48 challenge. Their task was to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. My task was to chronicle their adventures, the highs and the lows, if they had any, and to help them to finish off any individual run or to help them to the challenge completion. I can promise you from spending time with them over the weekend, there was no doubt to their dedication and willingness to persevere as needed. I was able to gather seven plus hours of footage from throughout the weekend. A short one minute video is available on the Weathered Athlete Podcast Facebook page and at www.weatheredathlete.com. My goal is to take the show on the road with any past or future guides as the schedule and COVID restrictions allow. Quick backstory on how the road show was born. I had been kicking around the idea for some time now, but when Corey had mentioned on Facebook that he was going to tackle the challenge, it was a no-brainer that Walt and I would help provide the run support. What I should have guessed is that as the day drew closer, was that Walt would throw his ad into the challenge. What I found out as the weekend went on, that Walt had a co-worker's family member pass away from cancer in his 40s. Walt had been sitting on the fence, but then made the decision final as he heard about his passing. So in honor of this past weekend's events, and to highlight the man that continues to prove that if you have an idea and you need someone to keep you company, Mr. You Had Me at Hello, Walt Maxwell is that man. If you did not have a chance to listen to my first episode with Walt, or even if you have, I encourage you to sit back and learn more about my friend and your friend, Walt Maxwell. Hi everyone, this is Pete Rusick, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Weathered Athlete Podcast, a place for us to honor those athletes that refuse to go quietly into the night. As a weathering triathlete and a physical therapist, I will spend my time talking with those athletes that continue to make the necessary repairs and continue to move forward. They may have a few cracks in their foundation or a squeaky step, and their patinas may continue to fade, but they are no less glorious than years prior. In fact, I feel they may have more heart and resolve as they have weathered and can provide the pathway and set the standard that we should all live by. My goal is to determine what sets these individuals apart from the rest of society. After the discussion is over, I encourage you to stick around and hear a breakdown from a physical therapist's perspective of how this weathering athlete is able to keep moving forward. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a comment, and share with your friends. Today I spend time with a local triathlete that I have to admit has a pretty impressive hat collection from all the events he has completed. I recently had the pleasure to be part of his day as he completed his first 50 miler. We spend time discussing how he has worked to navigate life and training in this COVID landscape where he went from traveling for work four to five days a week to working out of his home. He has been fortunate enough to be relatively injury free over the years. I bet you will be able to see a few themes that he provides that I believe are part of his success and can benefit everyone, even non-triathletes. He is that friend that everyone needs to have if you are looking at taking a journey and you want some company and encouragement, which as you will hear can lead to some last minute unplanned events on his part. I encourage you to hop on your favorite piece of exercise equipment or use this time for reflection as you recover from your day and find out more about my friend, your friend, everyone's friend, that is Walt Maxwell. Walt, I want to thank you for your willingness to spend a few minutes with me on the Weathered Athlete Podcast. Uh, I have to add a disclaimer before we start. I've known Walt for about five years now. He is one of the veterans on our tri-team. He has helped pull me through a number of century rides and provided immeasurable guidance for me and a friend, Joe, as we led up to our first uh, Ironman Chattanooga event last year. And also, as he said to me, who are you calling Weathered? Honestly, my response is that we are all weathering one day at a time, but it's that weathering that provides the character and resilience that we use to take on the next day. So your entry here is twofold. Once you fit the age-related criteria, and second, you have a vast amount of experience and knowledge of how you have had to alter your training and racing over the years. So I welcome you, Walt. 
Thanks, Pete. Thanks very much. So since there is an age requirement of 50 plus, I need you to tell us your age, your credentials, and maybe a history about some of the athletic career you've had. Sure. I'm 55. From the credential standpoint, uh, gosh, I mean, I've been running since cross country in high school. And so I kind of stopped counting, but I've got about 30 or so um, marathons um, over the years, seven full Ironman uh, competitions, about 20 half Ironman competitions. I'll count the double down to the beach, right? The 214 mile bicycle ride to the beach. And Pete, you drug me through the last five miles to help me complete my first 50 mile ultra marathon uh, just a few weeks ago. So thank you for that. That was payback, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been fortunate, you know, when we talk about injuries and things like that, I've been very, very fortunate. I've had one, I mean, I've had a couple of little spills and things like that on the bicycle. I mean, who doesn't when you're on some various group rides and things like that. But um, uh, the, the one that I had that really comes to mind was in my, gosh, I think it was about 28. It was a criterium race. Um, I lost the edge. I I basically wedged myself in the bike underneath a car, which you can see, you can still see the damage on my left leg, Pete. Wow. Um, right. And um, as well as uh, gave me a deviated septum, right? I broke my nose and I carry that deviated septum with me uh, uh, to this day. And that's probably, a, you know, a huge mistake. Um, and we can probably talk about that later. But yeah. yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that because I knew you ever since I've known you, you've been pretty much you just do your thing. And I haven't, I, I have at least you haven't admitted that you're nursing any injuries, you know, other than just kind of maybe some fatigue and some things just from uh, work. But I've really, been really fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, really, very fortunate. Thank you. That's good. As far as your work, because I know you used to travel a lot with work. So do you mind disclosing kind of what you, what you sure. did, how much travel you did? Yeah, um, uh, my career has been in um, sales and marketing and typically sales management. And I've had responsibility in North America. So I've either had teams in Canada or the U.S. or combinations and things like that, which require me to be traveling quite a bit, um, typically traveling about three weeks out of the month uh, to be in front of the team uh, with customers, corporate headquarters and things like that. I've worked for German and Swiss companies, which also required me to go to Europe uh, from time to time. But uh, most recently, I'm working for a, a French-Canadian company. So I, I'm typically spending about one week a month in Canada. This was pre-COVID, of course, yeah. uh, at corporate uh, headquarters and various meetings and things like that. So yeah, there's quite a bit of uh, travel. Um, I always just, uh, gosh, running shoes don't weigh anything. <laughs> And so it's, it's easy to pack uh, for some running and things like that. Um, hotels have some level of fitness room. And, uh, and what that means is, is that, um, you know, I, I don't travel, let's say, Monday to Friday. So I, I'm usually home in the office one day of those weeks. And so either I can get to the gym and, and on one of those days and use the pool, not really swimming during the week while I'm traveling, doing some running during the week. But usually it pushes the bigger workouts to the weekends. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's just been a cycle for a long time. Yeah, that's why I know that, you know, you're, you're cycling. I think you can miss some during the week. You're such a strong cyclist. Um, and running is, is running. I know the swimming has been the hardest part, I know, for you over yes. the years is finding the time to, to get in the pool. And so typically, so let's, let's go pre COVID first. Uh, so we've been running during the week. I know you're busting out a lot of miles of the, the bike on the weekends. How often were you typically getting in the pool during the week? Um, if I was lucky, maybe one day. Okay. One day during the week. Yeah. And that, and that took, took discipline, right? Because it's my least favorite um, most challenging, and it just took that mindset to say, no, no, you have to set aside time, right, to do that. So then with not swimming, and then all of a sudden hopping in the pool and then trying to get whatever distance you need to do, and then obviously coming up to either a half distance or full, you know, you're swimming 1.2 or 2.4 miles. How, any 
shoulder issues, any kind of things you had to watch just from the fact that you weren't doing much? Yeah, there's, um, uh, you know, my, my right shoulder a little bit. I watch a little bit closer now, especially uh, kind of how I sleep and things like that. But um, no, I mean, overall, I've been very fortunate not to have, you know, significant elbow or shoulder issues and all with the swimming. And, uh, um, and then maybe because I'm not doing it hard enough. <laughs> right? But... Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, I have one speed when I swim and, uh, well, you know, one and a half speeds, but uh, and they're pretty close to each other. But, uh, so, yeah, maybe I'm just not doing, maybe I'm just not swimming hard enough or pushing myself hard enough. But, yeah, so far, so good. Hey, that's okay, though. The goal is to get through the swim. That's all that matters in triathlon line is get through the yeah. swim, get on the bike, and then get to the run and just kind of make your way to the finish. So we kind of joked before we started this is we need to talk about the quad events that we did uh, or that you did last year. So a little history is that I decided I was going to do um, Ironman Chattanooga last year to raise money for Crohn's and colitis. And I mentioned something to Walt and another friend of ours, Joe. And without hesitation, um, as you'll soon to find out, Walt's always a yes. As he says, you had me at hello. So he's the friend that you need when you don't want to do something alone. And then Joe jumped in and as we were raising money, we did a fundraiser at a friend's farm, and basically we ran all day long. So that person, John, was actually having an event the week before our Ironman Chattanooga, and Walt wanted to kind of pay back um, to John for everything he did for us and ended up doing uh, his, uh, his event. So I'm going to give it to you at that point here. So tell me how many miles you did and then what you did after that. Well, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so it's a 12-hour um, uh, ultramarathon. Could be a relay and things like that. And uh, so, yeah, it was a week before Ironman. Probably, arguably, there should have been some sort of taper. Uh, I can argue and say, yeah, I tapered right after that. Um, but it was, uh, so we did 22 loops or 22 miles that day. That was a Saturday, if I recall. And then, yeah, and so the taper... Um, begin after that and then as you know we traveled uh, I guess Thursday or so the following week um, for Friday um, and Saturday preparation um, the uh, Ironman in Chattanooga um, and then raced on Sunday came back so we had a recovery week or so there was a weekend in between and then um, left out again on the following Thursday now I think we're into the beginning of October if I recall at this point and uh, did the 70.3 um, Ironman in Wilmington, um, North Carolina. With uh, and again, that was one of those things where you know there were so many athletes from the area going, and it was just as much for fun and social event, um, and just to celebrate a day with a lot of those other athletes as well. Came back from that um, another week, and so and. Uh, um, actually, I was traveling and I had to, uh, um, I gave my car, my bike and my gear to uh, Matt, my coach, right, and David, who were also traveling to Florida. So they drove my car. I flew in and uh, yeah, so we both, uh, we all ended up in uh, Panama City uh, and raced our man, Florida, um, that next weekend. And yeah, I could tell you, I could tell you I was feeling it on the run in Wilmington. And yeah, and by the time we got to, by the time we got to Florida, it was just about finishing, you know, it was just about, hey man, let's just hang in and do this pretty long day. But uh, yeah, just happy, just happy to, you know, different races are for different reasons, right? Um, sometimes it's the people you're with, you know, and for Chattanooga, it was about as much of that celebration of the year of being with you and Joe and the fundraising that we did. Um, you know, and, and the race was really the celebration of that, you know, and then Wilmington was just the celebration of being with so many athletes from the area. Um, and then really, uh, Florida was kind of the, the fact that I could race with my coach and, and another, you know, David, who's just another great athlete, um, just to kind of be in the same space as them. And, and to, you know, my coach has watched my journey and, you know, to race with him is usually pretty special for me. 
Yeah, that's good. And it was funny. And I, I, I will have to throw in that when we went to Chattanooga, Walt had no intention of doing Florida. That's something that happened after that. So within basically coming back from Chattanooga, let's, let's add that in there, Walt, that you basically came back from Chattanooga and then signed up for another one, what, four weeks later. So I give you that. Yeah, it all, it all happened on a text. It was a, it, we were texting one night and then, yeah, I don't know, call it peer pressure or whatever shamed into it but it was just one of those hey you know so-and-so's doing that uh here we go yeah yeah as i said before you had me in hello (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i have to you know at uh age 55 to go ahead and again i don't care what age even the younger you know, in your 20s or 30s, that's a pretty big task to overcome and to get through. And so how, when you were done, so how did you feel? Did you have any issues? How long did it take you to recover after that last race? Yeah, the, you know, after November, I mean, gosh, you know, it was a couple of weeks, it was Thanksgiving. And, and so, yeah, I kind of gave myself really kind of the rest of the month, you know, almost nothing, really, just a little bit of some maintenance running and, um, but, you know, very little bit on the bike. And that, you know, as you know, that sort of that, that December is when I really started in on the upgrades in my pain cave, yeah. you know, bike and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, so no, I gave myself weeks, weeks for that, um, knowing that it was just, yeah, it was a loss. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything that would create any kind of long-term, you know, issues. Yeah, that's good. Well, then luckily for you, come February COVID or March COVID comes in and basically everything kind of turned upside down. And so I know you've, you have not been traveling as much. So what has that meant for you now, as far as your training now in this kind of this COVID world that we're navigating? Right now it's a, it's a, it's a great question. And, and it took me to get my head around it. I, I think for, uh, you know, I traveled in the beginning of March and then, you know, it was getting obvious what was going on. And so, uh, you know, I, I came home and, and right around that same time, you know, our corporate, you know, our board, you know, made a decision based on even what they were seeing in Canada, let alone the U.S. to kind of curb, you know, travel and things like that. And so I was actually Zooming and using Microsoft uh, Teams uh, with my team um, probably from the third week of March on even before it became fashionable, right? I don't know. I mean, I mean, when we use Teams as a, just because we're so spread out, right, in North America. So we use Teams, you know, as a part of our business anyway. So it, it felt natural to do that. I can tell you, I probably spent a week or two just sort of getting used to it and not capitalizing enough, right, on that time. It was just like, wow, what do I, <laughs> what do, I do with all this? This I have time in the morning and then I have time in the evening and, you know, <laughs> And so there was a couple of weeks of that. There was a couple of weeks of some, you know, of some better training. Again, right, I had that, that pain cave kind of set up. Um, you know, we had great weather, you know, in March and April and things like that. And so uh, I definitely did more. Did I capitalize maybe as much as I could have to get some bigger gains? Probably not. Um, because I did spend, you know, we're still spending the days on, you know, Zooming and, and, and you know how it is. I mean, you're just going from one to the next to the next to the next. And, you know, you think you have all this time and you think that it's, it's different, but it's still, it's still a day at work, right? It's still a day at the office. And so, you know, you know, you're starting at seven, seven thirty. you're wrapping up your last Zoom meeting at, at, you know, it could even be six o'clock or even a little bit later, depending upon what the West Coast needs and, and things like that. So they were still pretty long days, but, yeah, it was nice to sleep in my bed. Um, it was nice to, uh, uh, you know, to kind of have, you know, have weeks that, um, yeah, just just were familiar. But in a way, I mean, without a little bit of that that tightening of the schedule, without sort of that urgency, um, I probably let some some time slip. You know, some opportunity slip. To be honest, but uh, yeah, COVID to me was, you know, make make lemonade you know out of it um and uh you know and i did make some you know yeah. um, looking back on it I, I i could have should have made more you know but um i was thankful to have the thankful to have the break because it it really both 
from the the athletic side and the personal side of things like that, it really gave me a, a chance to pause and reflect a little bit, uh, spend time with my kids, and you know things that I mean it, it would it wouldn't have ever happened any other way without COVID. So um, in some ways um, you know I'm I'm appreciative of that opportunity. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think, you know, we all, as the races all started getting canceled, I think for any of us that do, not just for triathletes, but for anybody that does any event, soccer leagues, for any of the 5Ks, everything getting canceled, just kind of put a funk on everybody. And it was, it took me personally time to just kind of recover. And, you know, kind of, I think we all went through the same thing you did. Okay, what am I supposed to do at this time? And I think that we all finally got to the point. Some did great and never skipped a beat. Others of us kind of struggled and then have kind of picked up steam and said, look, you know, we're not going to get this time back and we need to utilize it for good. And uh, even though we don't have an event, we don't need an event. You know, it's about just putting in the time and eventually we'll get it back. Uh, So good. Thanks for sharing that. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, so I know you said you really haven't had many injuries, but what do you, have you had to go through any physical therapy or chiropractics or massage or yoga or Pilates or any of that stuff? Um, no, it's, and it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, and you and I did a, what a yoga, um, <laughs> when was that? Was that February maybe or something like that? Right. Yes. Um, and, and again, that was for lots of reasons, right? It was a tri-team event. It was uh, great to. Uh, participate with a local business uh, and things like that. But it, it still pointed out to me that I'm about as rigid as the Tin Man. Okay. <laughs> so if, if there's something I want to add right into the mix, um, it's definitely going to be yoga going forward. Yeah. Um, I've done some, I've done some hot yoga and some things like that and in little periods um, off and on. And I always feel great afterwards, always. And it's just one of those things. It's just one of those time things. You know, I'd love to add it in, but I don't, I'm probably not the best guy to throw the mat down and try to do it virtually at home. You know, I need the, I need the accountability, right. To show up at a place and throw some money down and somebody correct me and yell at me and laugh at me. Um, But uh, yeah, no, I mean, chiropractic, not so much Um, years and years ago. Yeah. uh, but uh, no, as I say, I've really been fortunate, Pete. You know, nothing long term, no physical therapy, and um, yeah, just fortunate in that way, right? Just like like a diesel engine, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe you know, maybe it's because I have limited time. I'm not pushing, you know. I'm not trying to break a, a ceiling or anything like that. So. You know, maybe it's just that balance that's just allowed me the longevity without the, you know, without the chronic injuries. Yeah. Well, there's benefit to, I think you're right. You're going out there and your, your job is to just get it done. You're not out there pushing, you're not redlining every event you do. And I think there's advantages to that because you kind of know your limitations and you know what the purpose is. And I think that's the secret to probably some of your success is because you're really not, you know, you can bike as hard as anybody I've ever known. But again, you're not doing that every time all the time. So I think that's that's a good thing. Now, how about strength training? Have you done any strength training in the past? I know, does Matt have that built into your program? It's uh, not enough. Um, you know, can always use more core, right? Always, always, right? And I know that it would help my swim. I mean, do I walk into a CrossFit uh, center, right? Do I into the box. Um, no, um, scares the hell out of me <laughs> to be honest, but, uh, you know, I mean, I know that there's more that I should be doing for my core. Um, and, and that has nothing to do with age, right? I just think that yeah. that's just great. And there's lots of benefits for that. And I'd also like to just do more, I guess what I would call it managing my own body weight, right? So whether that's pull-ups and push-ups and, and some things like that, um, I like to be able to do more, get a bit more strength there. Um, you know, and, and with what we do, you know, there's always great work to be done with squats and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that sort of movement and things like that, that helps us build our strength, um, you know, so that we get that balance of strength and then we build on the endurance and, 
you know, so there's benefits there. I don't do enough or, and even in the past, it was sort of off and on. Um, but it's something I'd like to invest some more time into for sure. Yeah, it's so important. I think it's something that we all tend to neglect. And even myself as a physical therapist, I have a great weight set here in the house. I'll be the first to admit that I don't use it as much as I should. And it's just one of those things that I think the people that do do it are, are much better uh, later on. You know, you can endure so much more without that kind of breakdown, which then leads to injuries. So uh, let's see. So what are the things that have you had to take anything into account now, you know, at 55 that maybe you didn't even think about when you were in your 30s or 40s? Oh, sure. I don't run every day. Uh, there's no way. You know, if I run, it's every other day or every third day or something like that, um, especially when the when the mileage ramps up. I definitely I recover differently from running than from biking. Maybe it's just maybe it's the muscle groups or whatever, but I can certainly feel the difference. And so, uh, yeah, I could I feel like I could bike, you know, five, six, seven days a week and, and love it. Um, um Swimming again, uh, you know, I could I could probably, you know, swim sort of every other day, but I I definitely like to take a day in between um, and kind of let everything settle in, you know, with muscles and muscle groups and everything like that. But but running for sure, um, I could run all the time, you know, in, in my twenties and thirties, and uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not right now. So yeah, it's every day, it's every other day or every third day sure with breaks in between and and you know when you're building up to that marathon mileage um you know you're definitely listening to your body and if it needs that that second day recovery or something like that yeah it there's no there's no argument yeah that was the i th think the best transition for me actually was to triathlon i became a much better runner because of that because mm -hmm. every time my marathon training i was just broken down by the time i got there uh, just the mileage, you know, I, I know my my comfort zone. And when I start peaking in the upper 30s and low 40s, uh, it just, I, I can't do it. So by kind of scaling back and supplementing in swimming and, and biking, I became a much better runner. And mm -hmm. actually, um, everything else improved. Jump to, you know, yesterday, we did a 73 mile bike ride, started at 66 degrees, ended probably at 90. Um, anything special you do um, on kind of like those hot days as far as just your body uh, or nutrition? Yeah, no, great, uh, perfect question. And because, you know, we've had to learn, <laughs> we've had to suffer and make mistakes um, and we've had to blow up over the years. And I just, I just use the expression getting ahead of it, right? So. It was about, you know, we left out at seven. So I was up at 5.30 and I was having breakfast, right? And I was having, you know, bananas and, and I was having some carbs and things like that. Just a nice balance of things. Um, and I was already pushing, you know, I was already pushing some preload, you know, from uh, like NBS, right, to, uh, to get into the system. And so, you know, there were those stop signs and things like that. It was just about, you know, getting the water bottles down and, um, you know, and making sure that we were eating early, you know, throughout the day so that by the time, you know, and, and again, we had store stops, right, which were great. Mm -hmm. um, if I had to take it all on board with me, I mean, I could have, you know, and, and would have, but it was nice not to have to do that. Um, so I did supplement with some drinks, but I, I bought all my food with me and I started out with, uh, you know, the MBS uh, carb uh, hydration, and then supplemented just with some Gatorade, um, just for the uh, additional volume, right, of sweat and everything like that, you know, for the course of the day. So I alternated that a little bit, uh, you know, through the course of the ride. But to me, hot days like that is about getting ahead and staying ahead, because it's so hard to come from behind when you're crashing. We even had the discussion of uh, salt uh, out there, right? I had salt with me. Um, and and that's also something that um, I've added into the mix over over the years, right? Um, mm -hmm. I know I know when I feel it, uh, you know, in my head. I know when I when my mind's starting to wander and things like that. It's typically like a salt, you know, deficiency or something like that. And uh, 
something like a base salt, you know, will kind of bring me back and keep me balanced. Yeah. Okay. So this along the same lines, and let's think about, you know, Ironman Chattanooga, you know, we went into that and temps were upper nineties and, you know, you're not allowed to stop it at stores there. You're basically <laughs> carrying your nutrition with you. And I will say the, that what you just said was the best advice to me going into it because I, there were people, as you know, on the side of the road throughout that whole event and you know that they pushed it. It was, it was amazing to see, you know, that what heat, you know, if you can manage it, you know, it's just another day out there, but if you get behind, you're not catching up. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've watched other athletes uh, in past years and even this year, you know, get to the run and then just crash, right. Have, have nothing left, right. Because they push, push, push. Um, you know, yeah, we talked about just finishing. Um, and in that heat, you know, I was <laughs> the two of the hottest Ironmans on record are both Chattanooga 16 and 19. And then I think there's like the Ironman Frankfurt are the hottest in record. And so like two of the, of the, of the hottest in four years, right. Have been those races. So I learned from 16, you know, just to, to hit every rest stop, you know, to, mm -hmm. to take advantage of what was offered uh, and things like that. Even if it meant stacking up the time, um, it's the trade-off, you know, do you want to finish or not? You know, and like you say, it was uh, really hard to watch our, our, our fellow athletes out there pulled up under a tree, you know, setting down, done for the day, you know, miles and miles from T2, um, you know, probably not, you know, even trying to figure out how they're going to get back. Um, and, and never wanted to put myself in that position, you know, to where we were pushing it like that. Um, and so, yeah, having the example of 2016 in my head really helped me cope with 2019 for sure. Okay. I'm going to ask this question. So have you ever not finished a race? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's that there's that question later on about attitude, right? It is yeah. about, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, uh, I have three brothers, okay, and I was the first one in my family to do athletics, you know, but, you know, it was a very, uh, it was a family that really focused on school, right, grades and and things like that, and I was kind of the one, I was the third son, right, so I kind of broke some of the. Um, you know, some of those, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, but anyway, the rules, I guess, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, so I didn't have like that, that really competitive parents. I really didn't have that really sort of competitive side to push, push, push. Right. And so when I watch, um, natural athletes, right. When I watch people who have a very, very different sets of discipline and how they approach their race. I mean, you and I know Pete, I mean, there's people that we train with, they will, they will break their legs off, right, yeah. to, to do it, you know. And so I, I, I substitute a little bit of that with, you know, do it and just don't give up. Yeah. Um, you know, you're there, you know, and, and don't give up. And so I might not be the fastest. I'm not going to be the fastest guy out there for sure, but I'm not going to be the one, you know, um, finding, you know, I'm going to fight those voices in my head, you know, that's, yeah. you know. Well, that's good. Um, so are you willing to discuss your Alaska man? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, Alaska man, right? <laughs> I didn't quit. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> you did I was, <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I was yanked out of the water, right? So, um, and just very, very briefly, Alaska man is a point to point, um, extreme triathlon. It is, uh, it is unsupported other than they give you a starting line and a finish line. And, um, but it really pointed out um, my, my greatest weakness, right? Which is my swim. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, everybody swam the same water, right? And the water was 50 degrees, you know, plus or minus a degree or two. And, and there's even a spot where a waterfall feeds in at about 40 degrees. Um, and that just hits you like pins and needles. But the difference between the athletes that got out of the water, right, and myself, um, were the fact that they're better swimmers, so that they just, they were there shorter period of time, right? The yeah. longer I was there, the slower I got, the more sluggish I got. Um, I could see the finish buoy, 
Um, but I got yanked out of the water uh, under protest, <laughs> um, thrown, in, thrown into a boat, uh, and, and that ended my day. Um, and yeah, it, it took some time, right, to, for me to kind of get my head around that and deal with that um, because I was really looking forward to the bike. And the run was really a challenge, um, but we also, you know, as you know, you know, in the extreme, um, um, you have a partner for the like the second half of the running, and and so I had my brother there and my nephew there, and so I had great support, everything like that. We traveled, we spent a ton of money <laughs> for this thing, and to not finish, right? To not really kind of get deeper into the race, um, yeah, that kind of that was a bit of a mental setback, but. It was also kind of a wake up to say, you know, that that was a stretch. That was really a stretch for me. Yeah, but you turned it into something good, though. Didn't you go and do part of the bike and then you ended up running some of that with your um, yeah, part of your family? Absolutely. Yep. So yeah. So my nephew and I did the, yeah, yeah. we did the, you know, the, the run portion, right, which has two huge um, climbs, like 6,000 foot climbs, um, you know. And uh, yeah, so we tried to turn it around and make and make the the best of the time, you know, that we were there together. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, because part of the reason I brought it up is that, you know, the different you think we talked about the heat just recently, you know, yesterday in Chattanooga. And then obviously that was extreme cold. And it's definitely it's a challenge. Again, you can't treat them the same. It's, you know, yeah. you take that event yeah. move it somewhere else. It's a completely different event. And you, you just it's just a different thing you have to wrap your mind around and you're right i think as a the struggling on the swim that is not the place you want to struggle when it's cold yeah yeah no and and you know it's it's one of those things uh you know could i should i should i have found a way to train in that you know we talked about it and I talked about it and I talked about it hey the water's going to be cold but mm -hmm. You know, did I did I train in that? You know, was I swimming maybe in March or April in some of the local lakes or something like that to get that experience? And the, the answer is no. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's on me, right? That's yeah. totally on me. Well, you're also in North Carolina, other than you know, <laughs> it's you know, awesome. you know, You're <laughs> yeah. not going to find that. But you know, you do travel to Canada, but at the time <laughs> you, know, you have to work, so it's not like you can just say, "Hey, I'm going to go swim in this lake." What do you think the three reasons for your success to getting through the training and making it to any finish line? <laughs> I like the question because it, it gives me an opportunity to, to really pay tribute to, to where it's at. Um, Ironman and, and longer training, you know, the training commitment um, and things like that, it's really a, a family decision. Um, there's a lot of people making a lot of sacrifices for time and, uh, things that don't get done around the house and, 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 and time off. Um, and so, um, without the support of family, um, number one, you know, um, it would be impossible. Um, number two friends. Um, and when I say friends, I put them into sort of two buckets, right? There's, there's neighbors and friends and coworkers and things like that. And they're the people that you tell about the races because they're the ones who asks, you know, they ask and, and they know that you do crazy stuff. <laughs> They're like, well, what are you doing next? You know, um, but you tell them about it because there's, I believe that there's psychologically some level of accountability to that, right? Um, and so just having them ask um, means, yeah, man, I'm in my training. I'm in, you know, here's where I'm at and we're getting ready and the, the date's out here. And so it kind of helps mentally. Um, and then really uh, there's another component in there um, when, when we say friends, you know, we've got to try community around us. Um, and they're beyond friends, right? They're, they're that next level of, of friends who do what we do, who understand what we do. Um, and, and it's very easy to, um, it, it's kind of what got me back on Facebook and everything like that, just to, mm -hmm. to, to look at different training opportunities and, and bricks and I'm doing this and you can join me. And so there's, it's it's beyond the social aspect too. It's the fact that we can lean on each other as athletes um, uh, and train with each other. And for those of us who are sort of throwing into the same event, in in many cases, um, something like Wilmington, for example, uh, you know, we're all training for a similar um, distance and things like that. So, um, and you know, Pete, when we were training, you know, I mean, um, 
you know, we made it a goal to do what six centuries or something like that leading up to leading up to race day. Um, and so, you know, friends that get it are and friends that can help you, especially if they know what your goals are and what their goals are, um, is very, very helpful. And then, and then finally, um, you know, I've had a coach for about the past seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's paying a friend. No, um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's a smart friend. No, um, but it's, uh, no, it's, I've enjoyed a friendship um, beyond, you know, um, everything. And like I said, we've even raced together and, and things like that. Um, but without that additional coaching, without really the method behind it and the discipline behind it and, and the approach, you know, it was a couple of years before my first fall. Um, and that was really deliberate um, mm-hmm. just to build up because, you know, as you know, I could, I could run, I could bike. Um, I could not even get across the pool um, yeah. when we started this and swimming, learning to swim in your mid forties is uh, yeah. Humbling. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I was still, I had the dream. I hung onto the dream for 20 years or more before I really did anything about it. And uh, having a coach that said, okay, is this what you want to do? All right, we'll get you there. Um, and, you know, never said no. And, you know, even on the bad days, um, you know, never said no. Um, and uh, so having that kind of support, um, you know, very, very critical. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, family, friends, coaching you know, one, two, three. And like I said, we're just, we're blessed to be in an area with a lot of athletes. Um, You know, so whether it's the training group or the club, something like that, there's, there's just somebody who's doing something on any given day that you can latch onto and train with. You're not alone. Um, You can be alone, you know, as much as you want, but when, but when you really don't want to be, there's always somebody to swim with, bike with, run with. And, uh, or, you know, and even to do yoga with and things like that. Yes. So there's, uh, um, those are all critical elements. Yeah. Excellent. That's good. Pre-race, let's say going into whether it's Chattanooga or Florida, what do you, what goes through your mind that morning? What are you thinking prior to the event? What are the things that you need to make sure that you're doing to kind of prepare yourself one physically and mentally for the task in front of you? Right. Um, you know, the swim for me is the variable as the swim goes, that's how the day will go. Um, too much energy in the swim means less for the bike and less for the run. It's just like a battery. And so, um, I'm always a little bit concerned, nervous. It's enough to say, yeah, we've done this, but it's never quite the same. You know, it all depends how you start, how you're pacing, how, what sort of interruptions do you get, you know, during the swim and things like that. Um, and so I'm usually focused in the morning on a couple of things, um, trying to get myself calm and ready for the swim, mm-hmm. um, trying to clear my head about, and I think we talked about it earlier, about um, there's one thing to do that day, right? It's, it's, it's to put the toe in the water and then it's to, to cross, you know, to have that toe cross the finish line. And so it's to clear your head to say, this is it today right? There is a picture yourself, right? And so there's a lot of, um, I used to do this even in cross country in high school, just that self, you know, you're watching yourself do it. You know, you're watching yourself in the water with, with good strokes and good breathing. And, and you're watching yourself just patiently on the bike, kind of visualizing, you know, just, just good form and just, you know, good, 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 you know, um, nice, easy cadence and things like that. And then the same thing on the run, you know, you're running and you're trying to keep your heart rate down and, you know, you're just, you're kind of at this nice pace and everything like that that you can maintain. And so there's a lot of visualization for me that takes place um, because yes, the, some of the experience is there, but there's always for me and people say, well, why do you keep doing it? You know, and it's because there's always better, you know, for me, there's, there's always a better race, a better, higher quality race um, for me out there. Um, I've hacked through enough, <laughs> yeah. you know, be it, and, and lots of excuses, right? A bike crash or uh, GI issues or just extreme heat and things like that. I, I, I have really yet to have this one great race that I could really sort of pin it on and say, this is the culmination of everything, you know? Um, and so I'm still sort of looking for that. Um, okay. it's not to say that I'm dissatisfied, but there's, you know, having, 
being a bit critical, I think, is okay. Of I could have done this better, I could have done that better, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, looking for that good race. Yeah. Well, that keeps us coming back for more. There's always, you know, we can always do better. So right. in that regard, so where do you see yourself now in, in 20 years? Do you see yourself <laughs> continuing to do this at 75? I, you know, I would love to. Um, honestly, I, I enjoy it. You know, I've got one or two friends that are older. And as you know, you know, the older you get that if you hang in there, uh, you can make it to the show. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, you might just luck out one day, one race, and be in the right age group and um, and grab a Kona slot, um, and that would be the ultimate, right? Um, of course. But mm. there's, you know, I wouldn't want to set aside the friendships, the camaraderie, the the network. You know, this this I wouldn't want to step out of this community that we've built. Mm. We've literally built it together, um, and and it just, it works so well. Um, and it's really a complimentary part of my life, um, both socially and, and, you know, for the training and everything like that. And, um, and so, yeah, I would, I would love to see myself get there and, and continue to do something at that, you know, into the seventies. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. So then leading into that, what does injury prevention mean to you right now <laughs> at age 55 that to get you to be 75 to do this? Right, right. Um, and whether we, we touched on it about listening to your body, I am one now to listen to my body. And, and, and I try not to listen to the voice that necessarily says stop. You know, um, I do listen to the voice a little bit that says slow down. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know, it's it should be beyond that. There should be some more science now. Um, I am the worst at stretching. I am the worst at uh, you know just getting on the bike and going, and just <laughs> you know starting out with uh, you know my warm up for a run is a hundred yards or something like that. <laughs> and I'm the worst at that. And and for me, it's going to be a newer discipline, and it's going to be you know. Let's not run three miles on Tuesday and then 15 miles on Thursday. That's, that's asking for something, too. So let's be a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more disciplined about some of the training and a bit more realistic about the goals. And when I say realistic, it's just taking the goal and then backing into the training with a little bit more theory behind it instead of just like zero to, mm -hmm. zero to half marathon in two weeks or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And it's going to include yoga. It's going to include stretching. It's, you know, going to make some time for some of the other stuff too, to, to really make sure that the muscles are there and, um, and nutrition. And I'm, I'm turning more and more towards plant-based um, nutrition. And uh, yeah, so I'm putting a lot of those things in place for hopefully longevity. You know, like you say, being able to do this at 75, um, it's going to take some changes for sure. Right. I'm not the natural athlete, you know, that um, that is engineered, you know, <laughs> genetically engineered so well. Um, I have to work at it. Um, and so it's been it's been a while and it's been working with people like you, Pete, as a PT to, to kind of listen and understand that. Yeah, let's take some steps now um, for the future um, and then it, it should be there. Right. Yeah. So do you have any special mantras or quotes that get you through? Um, <laughs> the, the, the mantra for me, um, again, is, you know, you're here, you're here to, you're here that day to do that event, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, long course Ironman or half Ironman, that's your day. Um, and as much as you're, as much as you may have something the day before <laughs> or the day after, it's about clearing, you know, clearing your head for that day to say, you know, I'm going to get on the start line. I want to visualize myself crossing the finish line. What do I have to do? And to focus on, you know, trying to be in the moment and things like that and just focus and, and clear everything out. So I don't necessarily have any sort of sentences that I repeat to myself, right? Mm -hmm. Other than, I mean, now it's sort of like, okay, you've done this, right? You've been there. You've overcome yeah. this. You've overcome that, right? So that experience helps. But it's usually just about clearing, clearing the day, clearing your head for that day to say, here you are, right? You have one thing to do today, and it's get to the finish line. Um, and that's usually what guides me through. Hey, that works. You know, it's honestly, you know, you're right. It's a long day. 
And it's a matter of, okay, what can I do? So, you know, visually in that finish line is, is huge. <laughs> so there is definitely nothing wrong with that. Okay. In closing, <laughs> if you were to finish this sentence, my miles are four, what one or two words would you use? You know, I, I, I don't want to steal right from, um, from team endure, but it's, you know, I'm blessed here. Here we are having a conversation about, uh, um, Ironmans and, and bike rides and Alaska and and things that um, you know I never thought you know even in my 20s I mean I had dreams but so there's there's I've been fortunate enough to to find the right people and resources um, and things like that for the support um, to get me here and so you know I, I liked I like the team endure where you know we're running for those who can't but at the same time, I want to run, you know, I want to compete for those people who helped me get here, you know, as a way to say thank you. Right. That's good. Hey, you know, Walt, I cannot thank you enough for taking this time to kind of chat with me. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And I look forward to, uh, I don't know, next week when we <laughs> do something else crazy again. huh? That's it. I agree. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and were able to get some insight into how one weathering athlete uses his experience to approach each day of training and racing to stay as injury-free as possible. What some may view as good luck, I view as knowing your strengths and weaknesses, the purpose of your situation, and consistency. Plus, I can't forget that he ran his last marathon in a kilt, so I think good Scottish genes may help as well. As a physical therapist, I feel his biggest attribute is his consistency and knowing the vehicle he is driving. I can promise you he will be there at the end of the race no matter how long it takes, and he has the ability to redline it when needed to keep up with any of those Ferraris, especially when cycling, but as he so eloquently states, on any given race, you are there for one purpose. So throughout the race, he will do whatever needs to be done to finish the day and cross the finish line no matter what. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Please don't forget to hit subscribe to this podcast, leave me a comment, or drop me a line if you feel you have what it takes to enter the Weathered Athlete Podcast. Lastly, no matter how you complete your miles, use the following hashtag, MyMiles, capital R, number four, as a way to reinforce the purpose of those miles. Stay safe, hashtag MyMiles are for the journey. Pete Perusik. <laughs>